0: Hello, and
1: welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. They all have a lot of meat. They do, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Hey, guys, Buddy C. Tao Day Ching Conversation. We're talking about uh, verse or chapter 12. Got some good stuff in it. Uh, living in inner conviction or by inner conviction is, is the topic. So let's, I'm going to share the screen and we'll, uh, the five colors blind the eye, five tones deafen the ear. Now what I understand from reading all the commentaries, what this is talking about is an overabundance does harm rather than good. Keeps you from really seeing any of it, so that's that's what they're that's what they're talking about, from what I understand. So all the colors will blind the eye instead of you know enjoying one or two or whatever you know. All the tones deaf in the ear, the flavors dull the taste. All the flavors, five flavors means all the flavors. So I think what they're trying to imply: racing and hunting madden the mind. Precious things lead one astray. Therefore, the sage is guided by what he feels and not by what he sees. Uh, the feeling there being the inner voice, what's within, turning the mirror within, <laughs> you know, the light, turning the light within, you know, not out here. Um, he lets go of that and chooses this. In other words, he lets go of the racing, lets go of all the things he sees, and he chooses the inner voice instead. Okay. Colors blind the eye. Sounds deafen the ear. Flavors numb the taste. Thoughts weaken the mind. Desires wither the heart. The master observes the world, but he trusts his inner vision. He allows things to come and go. His heart is open to the sky. Uh, and I've got a little commentary to read about the sky. By actually by the guy that wrote that translated the second one. Uh, five colors blind the eye, five notes deafen the ear, five flavors make the palate go stale. Too much activity deranges the mind. Too much wealth causes crime. The master acts on what she feels and not what she sees. She shuns the latter and prefers to seek the former. In other words, performs to seek within rather than what's going on out here, what she sees. Sight obscures, noise deafens, desire messes with your heart. The world messes with your mind. A master watches the world but keeps focused on what's real. Any comments Is that speaking to anyone in a particular way?
0: Uh, there's intuition it 's speaking of, i believe
1: exactly exactly that 's how I see it Marl. intuition yes, for sure uh, what remind, one thing reminded me in the uh, too wealth causes too much wealth causes crime <laughs> uh, i 've heard some other things like uh, uh, building a wall invites burglars you know that 's a proverb uh that uh that you know if you start showing that you've got something people are, want, are gonna wanna know what you have <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, then the uh the other part of that uh, uh is that it that the wealth is never enough, so you're always looking for more looking to and that's the same with the other. Uh, the other things I think that it's talking about there, the other things that we touch and feel and see, you know, if we, if that's what we're believing in, it's never enough. Right. And I think we've all experienced some of that. So, um, any comments, Kate?
0: Um, not right now. I don't think.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. Well, we're going to read, I'm going to go back to the stop there and then, I want to read a couple of comments that uh, Mitchell Stephen Mitchell wrote. He he did the second translation there that we that we. Uh, I'm going to mute you for a minute, Marla. Um, let's see, we're on twelve. Okay. Um, we need space in order to see, silence in order to hear. Sleep in order to carry on with our wakefulness. If the senses are too cluttered with objects, they lose their acuteness and will eventually decay. Um, His inner vision that he's talking about, there's no inside or outside for him. He reflects whatever appears without judgment. Whether it is a flower or a heap of garbage, a criminal or a saint, Whatever happens is all right. He treats his own anger or grief just as he would treat an angry or grieving child with compassion. So what he's saying is, um, what this guy Mitchell's is it Mitchell? yeah. Mitchell's interpretation of of the master is that he treats his own anger or his own grief just like like it, Uh, just like he would anything else, that um, it's really like he would with compassion. You know, so in other words, he doesn't take anything personally, nothing, even his own emotions he doesn't take personally. He learns to let all those things go, just come and go. What I think about with that is like the river, And something coming toward, you're beside the river. I think of it with me, maybe waist deep, you know, watching, you know, things coming and things going and something comes to me and I use it as it comes by and then let it go. You know, uh, that's what I think of when I look at this, I don't buy into anything. I'm a passerby. In other words, you know, try to be that way with everything, including my own emotions that we learn through meditation that, We don't have to attach to those things just because they're happening. (laughs) We can let them pass on through, you know. Just because we think something or feel something does not mean that's us. Used to, I thought all of it was me, but it's not. All those things happen and come through, so I can just let them go. I don't have to buy into them. And I think that's part of what this is talking about. Um, Then he talks about the sky. The sky holds the sun, moon, stars, clouds, rain, snow, or pure azure, which is pure blue. I had to look that up, by the way. Uh, Because it doesn't care which of these appear, it has room for them all. Wow. Doesn't care which appears. That's why it says his heart is open as the sky. That's how Mitchell interprets that. What what he interprets that open as the sky to mean is that being it holds everything and he doesn't care what appears in the sky. He has room for everything because he's not buying into it. Just letting it come and go. Come and go. Wow. Hold on, Marla. I got you. I had you muted here. Go ahead.
0: It's a wonderful concept concept.
1: (laughs) It is, isn't it? But putting it into practice. Well, you know, it starts, it's like eating an elephant, you know, just a bite at a time, you know, we start with a moment, (laughs) you know. (laughs) We just, all we have to be concerned about is, is learning to do that in this very moment and adding moments really is all we have to do. So if we can narrow it down to the moment, it makes it, it's still difficult, but it makes it a lot easier not to to be a passerby, you know, to, to let things come and go. It makes all of that so much easier. It's still, it's still work, but it mm-hmm. makes it easier, you know, that I don't have to worry about doing that next week or the rest of my life. Just right now, can I just let things come and go, not put my value in the things I see and touch and, the zeros are like of zeros in my bank account or the other thing or the number of houses I own, which I used to have big pride in the number of rental houses I had. I thought that that I equated that to my value because no one in my family had been successful financially. They had all worked jobs and they had all been tied to all of that. So I thought I had so much value placed on those things, you know, and um, and I had to lose all of that. At one point, so that I could let go of it, really, back in 2000 or so. Had a business fail. Had to file bankruptcy and just start over again from there, you know. And uh, that's when I started drinking, Kevin. And uh, that's when alcohol actually saved my life. It kept me from blowing my brains out. Then it turned on me. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, that's how the process went for me, you know. But, but I had to, I had so much value in the things that I had. You know, and, um, that was, uh, that pride and ego will get you no matter where you place it. It doesn't matter. it still, will, it still destroys you because you can't see what's inside for all the stuff that's in front of you. You know, you gotta be able to look through that, look through all that stuff, you know?
0: I can relate to, um, that right now with something that's going on with that grief and anger yeah, kind of trying to transcend that grief and anger. Um, I had a problem with a sponsee; she was kind of going on the wrong path, and I was trying to talk to her about that, and ended up trying to kind of letting her go. And she like flipped out about about it and was really, really, really mean. Said some really mean stuff, and has proceeded to go around and like talk trash about me to everybody or in our community. Oh like she's God. being she's being horrible. And mm-hmm. um I mean most people are like, yeah, she's very unwell. You know, <laughs> people can recognize that she's very unwell and she's you know, it's kind of I mean so I mean it's not like I'm worried about my reputation or anything. But I'm hurt. You know, because I worked with her for the past year. I thought we were, like, had a good relationship. You know, and I'm – um. so there is grief, and there's also anger, you know, that she – part of it's, like, you know, why – I don't know. I just have grief and anger, and I'm trying to, like, see it as, you know, she's not a healthy person right now. That's what I was trying to talk to her about. And – you know that's why she's behaving the way she's behaving and i should have compassion for her you know i'm trying to see it like that but and but i also have this grief and anger that i am feeling but i'm trying not to i don't know that part you were talking about about the judging like not having compassion for yourself that you have the grief and anger but not letting it like consume you right because you know, I do I, have compassion for her. I see that she is very unwell.
1: What I have to do in those situations, Kate, is let them go over and over and over again. Part of my daily practice when I before I meditate, I have a time on my knees of letting go. That, that anything that I'm carrying like that if I've got any of that or anyone I'm having a difficult time letting go of a resentment or an anger, that kind of thing. Um, I spend time praying for them at that time, you know, and it could be everything from a moment to, you know, a few minutes, really, you know, it could be everything from their will in their life to God, just, just bless them, do all kinds of great things for them. You know, just any way that I can show compassion toward them. Uh, and um, and I have a couple of people that I've had difficulty that were on my fourth step years ago, that I've had difficulty. I mean, I'd let that go, and then it would come back. I'd let it go, and it'd come back. I'd let it go, and it would come back. I have one family member that they keep acting out, and I keep having to re-put them on my list. I mean, like, I just leave them on there now. <laughs> you know, because they're just so hard. I mean, they're just so – I mean, uh, but, uh, but I know this is about, you know, making me well, not them well. So, um, but I have to keep at it with them and keep letting that go and keep finding ways I can be compassionate, you know, being kind to them when I don't want to be kind. I have someone in the meetings that's actually was a sponsor of mine for several years, that's been acting out, it's got 20 plus years of sobriety and uh, said some nasty things about me that weren't true. And just all kinds, just a sick person really. Mm -hmm. And um, they're one of those people who got in the program, did enough not to drink, but didn't take it any further than that. Mm -hmm. And so they've got out, they still got all these sickness, you know, not dealing with resentments, not dealing with anger, you know, you know, got, got a resentment against someone at a meeting and started a meeting two blocks over, same time, same night, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, just sickness. Yeah. So I've really had to work on what you're talking about, because about, I see this person when I go to the, this particular place for meetings, my home group, he comes to my home group meeting, and I have to pray for him. I went up to him one day and told him I loved him and I appreciated everything he had done for me. And I just wanted to bitch slap him for what I really wanted to do, but I was doing the opposite. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, he's an old man. I wish he'd die sometimes, you know, and just get it over with. You know? yeah. I mean, that kind of anger sometimes, you know, and I just have to buy some, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. You know, and the, the sad thing is I sponsor It's small town. I sponsor his grandson. I've been sponsoring him for years. So I have to defend him to his grandson, tell his grandson his sobriety is none of his business, you know, and that he has to show love and kindness toward him and not talk any of this to his grandson, you know. And so, I mean, I'm all mixed up in this, you know. And uh, Yeah, yeah, you know, and so I know what you're talking about. And showing kindness to people who unjust, you know, that you've tried to help or that you've been kind to like that um, is hard. And so what I try to do with him is – I try to take and separate myself from the situation, try not to take the things that he says personally. Uh, I try to show him love and compassion at every opportunity. Like when he's sharing, I never get up and get coffee while he's sharing. I always listen. I mean, I try to show him respect that he doesn't deserve, you know. And so I try hard. (laughs) You like that, Marla? (laughs) But you know what I mean, because I don't want to listen to a thing he has to say, you know. I just don't even want him to be there, you know. But I, but I try to do the opposite of what I really want to do, you know. And um, if I and I offer him and my relationship with him as an offering. I take stuff like that and offer it up like, um, uh, like, God, is there any way you can use this? Please do, you know. I offer this person to you. What can I do, you know. And I just let go of it to you, you know. And I try to do that a lot, and sometimes multiple times during the day. But uh, I think you know that's part of that whole colors, tones, flavors. They're just covering everything in life, really. I think is the is the point of that, you know. Is all this stuff we touch and see, including things like this anger and resentment and stuff that we hold sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: the good and the bad, are keeping us from really seeing what's really real. You know, whether it's things we're trying to please ourselves with or things we have issue with, too. But um, I'm right there with you, uh, making sure that, that I think of them as a sick person, just like I would someone who's, uh, you know, has mental issues or, or, you know, or is angry at me because, you know, if they they have um, um, uh, some kind of issue where, you know, they're not themselves, I just try to think of this person as not being themselves, you know. Would I hold that against them? No, I wouldn't hold it against them. They're sick. And learning to do the same thing with other people and that everyone's sick to an extent, so I can't take anything personally. And, yeah. You know, that, that's kind of the way I've approached that, Kate, because I'm right there with you. I've had to do a lot of the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, and, and learn not to react, not to get involved. Ignore when you hear and just let it go is the best thing for me to do. Never, if I ever respond, it's the wrong thing for me to do because I'm not responding out of love. I'm responding to defend. And I should never defend myself with that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I did well at the when she was freaking out on me. I was very calm. I didn't say anything I regretted. I was just like, I'm not having this argument with you.
1: Right. You know? Right.
0: You know, so I don't regret that. It was okay.
1: Good. Good. You just you just have to know you've done the right thing. Right. And maybe this thing is all about what she needs and not about you. You know, that's how I think, yeah, how think about it. that's
0: true. It. That's a good way to think about it, too. You
1: no, know, it's not about me. Yeah. You know, and all of this stuff is interesting in how it teaches us that our life is not about ourselves. It's about what we do for others. It's about how we add to the flow of life. And anytime right. it's all self-centered, all about us, we're taking away from that. Yeah. You know, so in that situation, I kind of, I think with him, so, well, maybe this is what he needs, and this has nothing to do with me at all. I just happen to be the person that he's taking this out on, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's that's how I try to look at it. But now, talking it right now (laughs) and living it are two totally, you know, that's where it's difficult. You know, it's easy to sit here and talk about it, you know? But uh, but having to live it is is the difficulty. But that's when we grow and learn and we start having peace and joy from it, you know. So um, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. I've got my second comment. Any comments right now or I'm going to go to my next commentary, y'all? What's going on? Derek Lynn. Uh. Talking about the five colors and the five everything. Excessive indulgence in these stimulations leads to sensory overload, followed by fatigue, numbness, boredom, and uh, apathy. Okay. Oh, the, the last section there, talking about the way he translated it, the sage cares for the stomach and not the eyes. That is why they discard the other and take this, the last, the last lines there. He says it's talking about uh, caring for the stomach means one's basic needs and living life with plainness. Caring for the eyes means acquiring even more sensory stimuli, more eye candy. The former is the only sure cure for sensory overindulgence, and that is why the sage embraces it and discards the latter. They let go of the many temptations of the material world and reach for the simplicity of the Tao. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Let go of the material temptations of the material world and reach for the simplicity of the Tao. Okay. On to Wayne Dyer now. He uh, he's pretty much in line with them. Uh, sometimes he comes out with something different, but not this time. He's he's pretty much. Uh, let me. Where is? It? Okay, hold on. My my computer's catching up.
0: So Kate, as I, I'm sitting here thinking about your situation and this this woman, and you know, it's basically the same thing that Buddy said. How to deal with it. But imagine how devastated she was being let go as a sponsee. That's that's like a rejection. That's a big rejection. So yeah. She's probably in a great deal of pain from it. Yeah. Which, even though you had to do it, you probably had to do it, but she's probably in a great deal of pain. So yeah, that's true. I try to think about where they're coming from yes. as well as, you know, she's painful, she's in pain, and she's lashing out at you yeah So it's it's immature but she's lashing
1: out so. yeah that's that's good Marla, because I mean it's a hundred percent true uh, and you know with when someone's lashing out, you just happen to be in the way it's it' it's yeah. really has nothing to do with you if If anyone else would have been in the same situation, she'd be lashing out at them, yeah. not doing something just to cap. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? It's not like if someone else would have been in your place, she she would have behaved exactly the same way probably. So this goes back to her. You know, it goes back to us that we're always the problem when we're lashing out. <laughs> All right. This is the, uh, let me share this. Story. This is dire on the living with inner conviction? I'm just gonna read the whole thing. It's not that long. We've got it's time. To We've got the missionary prayer. See. Okay. In this, in this passage, in this passage. Oh, I'm getting an echo from somebody. Oh, yes. Is uh let me okay, it's better. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks. Uh in this passage of the Tao De Ching Lao Tzu reminds us that far too much attention is given to the and experiences of the senses at the expense of our inner vision. Focusing exclusively on sensory data creates a world of appearances which are ultimately illusions. Since everything comes and goes, the nature of the material world is obviously restricted to transitory status. When our eyes see only the colors before them, they're destined to become blind to what lies beyond the world of appearances. We cannot know the creator... If we're focused exclusively on what's been created. And that was one of my big takeaways from this. We cannot know the creator if we're focused exclusively on what's been created. Why? Well, no, I'm I'm confused. Okay. Um, um, if all we're thinking about is what is here, we'll never get to the creator him her itself because we're just focused on the things
0: mm, okay all right i'm just reading it in differently
1: okay what how are you reading it
0: uh it just it just looks like uh we can't know the creator if we're focused exclusively on what's being created isn't what's being created nature and
1: nature who's relating it to the five all the fives. Oh, know, okay, okay. And the flavors the and the stuff, the things. Stuff, yeah. okay. Yeah, all right. Relating
0: it. all um, right, it makes sense. All
1: right. um, in the same way we lose our own creativity when we're unaware of what's behind all acts of creation. Sight, sense, sound, touch, and taste are the domains of the senses. If you're locked into a belief that the pursuit of sensory satisfaction is the focus of life, you'll be consumed by what Lao Tzu calls the chase. This quest for adoration, money, and power is a waste of energy because there's never enough. So striving for more defines your daily regimen. You can't arrive at a place of peace and inner satisfaction when your entire existence is motivated by not having enough. In fact, Lao Tzu states that the relentless chase is a formula for craziness People who live according to the way of the is referred to as a sage or a master an enlightened being observing the world, but not identifying exclusively with what's visible. Being in the world while simultaneously aware of not being of this world. The master goes within where inner convictions replace the chase. In silence, sustenance is enjoyed beyond the dictates of the palate. From an inner perspective, nothing more is needed. Aware of his or her infinite nature, the sage has the realization that this is a temporary world of physical appearances, which includes the body that he or she arrived in and will leave in. The master sees the folly of appearances and avoids the seductive lure of acquisitions and fame. I believe that are any comments at this point? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I believe that our ancient friend and teacher Lao Tzu wanted to convey these simple truths when he dictated the twelfth verse of the Tao Te Ching. Extend your perspective beyond the sensory level. Your inner conviction knows that a rose is more than a flower, as it offers a pleasant fragrance and velvety petals. Use that knowing to perceive the creative, invisible force that brings an intricate, blooming miracle from nowhere to now here. Experience the essence of the creator who allowed this blossoming masterpiece to emerge from a tiny seed. Note that the seed arrived from what we can only refer to as the world of formless nothingness or spirit. See that spirit anim- anim- animating the colors, sense, and textures and look at all of life from a trans- transcendent perspective. You'll be less inclined to join the chase and more inclined to live from the inner conviction that your true essence is not of this world. Discontinue pressuring yourself to perpetually accumulate more. Let others be consumed with a chase if they choose to, while you learn to relax. Rather than focusing outward, turn inward. Cultivate awe and appreciation as inner touchstones rather than an outer determination for more adoration and accumulation. When you see a beautiful sight, hear an enchanting sound, or taste a mouth-watering delicacy. Allow yourself to think of the miracle within these sensory pleasures. Be like the master who prefers what is within to what is without. Allow things to come and go without 12th verse to go without 12th verse any urgency to become attached to this uh, ephemeral world of comings and goings. Do the Tao now, now. Plant a seed and cultivate it, observing its inner nature throughout its lifetime. Journal what's within the bud and gaze and all at what's in that seed that will one day create a flower. Then extend the same all to yourself and the seed that you contained inside as well. Use this as a reminder of your, inner, of your invisible inner self, which is the Tao at work. The invisible inner self, knowing that there's, you know, we we learn that behind every action is something else going on. That's why, you know, I was, when I first heard that alcohol was just a symptom, it wasn't my real problem. You know, I had to kind of, hey, Craig, how you doing? Uh, uh, When I saw that alcohol was just a symptom and not the problem, then I realized that what's going on out here is not what's really going on. You know, there's, there's, there's the spiritual world underneath with everything, you know, and I think that's what, you know, part of what he's talking about.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, is that same, you know, way of looking at life, just like your sponsee, Kate. Yeah, they're acting out, but they're not doing anything to you. This is, this is about them, you know, and just like any time that I have a problem. I remember my sponsor used to say, I'd be upset about something. he say, well, let's look at you and figure out. I said, well, "Why look at me. They're doing, <laughs> <why> do <you laughs> look at me every time, you know. So, uh, but that's how it works. You know, that's really, how, and, and come to find out, I did need to look at me because I couldn't control them. I could only, you know, I could only uh, let God change me, you know. So, comments, God, these things are so cool.
2: I think it's a great subject. I loved this when I read it this morning. Oh, okay. It's, it's one of those ones that just jumps out and grabs you. I think it's. Um, I think the first the first verses where it talks about the five. Um, I thought to myself, what what's he talking about when he's going on about the five? Because um, to start with, there was the verse about the it was, it was the, the one thousand or the three thousand, and it, it's Ooh. basically the all. And then Laozi comes up with this thing with the five, and I'm thinking, what's he talking about now? But then when you start reading, it, it's talking about the uh, it starts talking about the five senses um, and how we start to rely on the externals rather than what's actually going on inside us. And um, I, th- I think as addicts, we I, th- I think we tend to forget about what's going on in the inside um, because we're trying to feed the external habits like the ego, um, materialistic things that we've got, um, and. I, I, I've got this thing at the moment about an inner child um, a lot of people um, personify their addictions and to, to basically try and separate their thoughts from their addictive thoughts so bad thoughts they would put down to their addiction um, whereas I've, I've got this, this thing at the moment where if I would do anything to protect my, my sobriety why, why don't I personify my sobriety so what I've started to doing is, is looking at how I can, how I can do that sort of thing and all the good thoughts and all the good channel, all the good energy I'm putting into my sobriety rather than my addiction. I'm starting to flip my addiction and look at the good side of things rather than just the bad side of things. Um, and the bad side of things for me is going home constantly drinking, constantly being depressed, being anxious, not being happy with myself. Um, whereas now I'm looking at what's my sobriety brought me. And um, it's brought me happiness. It's brought me some joy. It's brought me calm. Um, you know, it's brought me so much more, and I'm now starting to, to channel more of my energies into protecting my sobriety rather than keeping my addiction away. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, that makes a great deal of sense.
2: Yeah. So when um, when I started to, when I, when I started to think about things like that, when I started to, to flip things and look at the positive sides of recovery. I started to see, I started to see a difference in myself. Um, rather than just focusing on the negatives, because what I found is, if I'm if I'm concentrating on the negatives, then the more negatives are going to come into my life. So I'm going to think to myself, right, I can't do this because I can't drink now. I'm just focusing on the can't. I can't do this. Yeah, you can't do that because you you're thinking that you can't do that. Whereas if you think I can do the sobriety thing, then you know what, you're off to a great start because you can then start channeling your energy into doing the things that you want to do rather than focusing on the limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves. Um, I think that's I read this um, into that verse this morning and there was something to talk about there was was something mentioned about seeing the the internals rather than the externals Um, and I think that kind of relates to not seeing the forest because of the trees. We're not seeing the bigger picture, all we're seeing is just right and What's in front of us right there and what now, I think sometimes we we'll limit ourselves by not exploring what we've got going around us and what we've got. Um, when, I, when I first entered recovery, I was, I was really depressed. I was anxious. And it took my wife to say to me, listen, I don't care what we've got. I don't care how much money we've got. I don't care how many friends we've got. I don't care. I, I really don't care about anything else as long as as long as you're happy. As long as you're happy doing what you need to do to get yourself better, um, and I've actually had to give up a lot of things because a lot of things I was holding on to were making me worse. Um, and I think reading reading these verses, the more particularly one that's that looks quite simple when you start reading it, but when you, when you get to the last last verse, it is quite in depth. And um, so that's that's where I'm with it. I've I've, I've had to give up quite a lot. Um, to see what's going on inside me and how how I can make myself happy. It's not about how other people can make me happy. It's about what I can do for myself to make me happy and concentrate on more of a big picture rather than just just focusing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely letting go and focusing on the focusing on what's 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 going on inside me has um, has made a huge difference and I, I, I really turned a big corner when I started thinking about my sobriety rather than my That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for that.
2: I, I come out of these things now and again, just, just, just it's the haircut, is Because I need my haircut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're still driving on the wrong side.
2: No, there's nobody there. So, I read a lot of things back down to Limiting Beliefs. Um, if you think you can't, then you won't, because that's, that's what you're concentrating on. And we say that to the kids as well, I, I can't do that. And you say to the kids, well, you can't do that because you've not tried it. Let's let's look at the things that you can do and how we can improve on what you are doing and what you can do to make you better at what you're already doing. And I think what we're doing in right is absolutely fantastic. I think the, uh, I think if half the, half the people in the world went through what we went through uh, or what we're going through, then I think we'd be in a hell of a lot better world than what
1: we're actually in. Yeah, that's uh, that's focusing on the gratitude. Yeah, you know that's how how gratitude can really help in all those situations. Hey, Craig, we talked about something before you came on that <laughs> that I think you'll like. You know that line that you're talking about. I think where he says allow th- he allows talking about the sage, the master. That's he true, allows yeah. things to come and go. That's it. Yeah. His yep. heart is open as the sky. Okay. Yep. And one of the references to what, this, what they're talking about with the sky is that the sky holds the sun, moon, stars, clouds, rain, snow, and pure azure, pure blue, because it doesn't care which of these appear. It has room for them all. Yeah. Yeah. A- it's not bought into the outcome. You know, he's yeah. not he he's not accepting he's accepting, he's not, you know, pulling strings and controlling and he's letting it happen. You know, just letting it flow.
2: Yeah, and and it is what it is. There's nothing that you can do that's gonna there's nothing that you can do that's gonna stop it. There's nothing you can do if you try to hold on to it even more, it's, it's not gonna make a difference because the next thing is gonna come. Day's gonna day's going follow night, and night's gonna follow day. There's there's nothing that we can do.
1: And, and and just in the very same way, our lives are by plan and design too, because all of nature's by plan and design and we're part of nature. Yeah. So yeah. it's all part of the flow, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've got an interesting thing going on. I've got a I'm starting a new business. First time I've done this it's far into recovery. It's been years since I've started something new. And uh I'm trying to do it. With the Dow in mind, (laughs) okay? So I had two partners. I got one that's a computer guy, me, and a sales guy. Well, I saw the sales guy wasn't doing what – he wasn't fitting, you know. And I said, okay, do I just fire him? Do I just take his third – what do I do? You know, because in the past I would just push, 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 and, you know, just make it all happen. So I didn't say anything. I wanted to call him, and I said, no, God, I'm going to let go of this, and I'm just going to just going to let it unfold because I don't know exactly what I need to do. And then he called me a few days later and said, hey, he said, you know, I'm just not going to get involved in this. I just, you know, and he had reasons why, you know. And it just happened, and we were able to keep our relationship, our friendship. We're friends. And none of that, I didn't have to do a thing. I didn't get, you know. I just let it happen, you know, and I'm I'm sure there's times I would need to say something, but this was not one of those times. So, uh, and I have another situation with that where people aren't getting things done as quickly as I think they need to get them done, you know, not according to my schedule anyway. And so so I'm having to let go of that and just let it all unfold. So it's, uh, um, it's definitely a much more peaceful way to – operate personal life and
2: business life. I saw I saw something on Pinterest this morning because I get a lot of my ideas and a lot of um, encouragement from Pinterest. They put fantastic memes up and um, one that I put up in my other recovery group because there's a lot of people struggling there's a lot of people thinking, look, I've been doing this for so long. Why am I not catching? Why is, why is this sobriety thing not catching on to me? Why do I keep relapsing? Why do I keep going back to day one? I just want it over with. And you think, what you <laughs> What are you going to achieve when it's over? What are you going to do when it's over? You're going to start again. Um, and one of the means that came up from Lao Tzu was um, nature does not nature does not hurry, and yet everything is achieved or everything everything's accomplished. So, so you, you, you say to people, look, just give it time. You might have a hundred day ones, a 1, thousand day ones. You might struggle, but keep struggling because it's going to come to you eventually. And eventually, you're going to see where you need to go and you know don't push it i think if you push if you push things that's when things start to go wrong and when you start putting more pressure on yourself you build up expectations and we all know that expectations don't always follow through um, and that can lead to disappointment so i think the more we learn just to accept things for what they are and just take things as we get them then the more the more peace and the more serenity we're going to actually find in ourselves um I think I think it's a huge thing for a lot of people, and more particularly in early stage recovery. Um, when, I, when I say that, I mean within the first thirty, 60, 90 days, um, because we do do fantastic work within the first week to week to thirty days. And a lot of people, a lot of people that, that get there, they think there's going to be some big fanfare, or there's going to be a big parade outside the house because they've got the thirty days. And it's a huge accomplishment for us, but to everybody else, it's like, yeah. So, <laughs> So I, th- I think if we, I think not, not relying on our own expectations and just just going with the flow and not being a not being a salmon trying to swim its way upstream, just be like the seaweed and just <laughs> go, along and go with the flow.
1: <laughs> be the seaweed, not the salmon. Is that your takeaway today?
2: That's it. Uh, be, be seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: good. All right. Any anyone else got anything? Because that was that's the we, I think we've covered it all. You got in just in time for us to
2: close, Craig. Excellent. <laughs> I could I, I couldn't go a week without my I appreciate it. I, I,
1: it's good stuff for me. I enjoy it every week. Um, yeah,
2: this this has actually became part of my readings. Um, but first thing in the morning, transitions daily, and I'll sit and I'll do that and. Um, I'll sit and read some of the stuff at the big book and some of the step work that I'm, that I'm doing on. But a Thursday, the first, the first thing I grab on the Thursday is my, my, my Wayne Dyer book, and I find out what the verse is. And I never cheat. I never look forward to, to next week night. I'm just, I'm just each week because I get it. Um, because I think if, if I read it beforehand, I'm going to spend that long just thinking about it that I won't be concentrating on other things. So, yeah. but no, it's, it's, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. So well done, buddy. It's fantastic.
1: Uh, just, just God doing for us, man, is all it is, you know, because I, I come just I, and I come and listen just like y'all do, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it is truly what this teaches us. It's not about what we know. It's about, you know, how well we surrender, you know, it's how well we let go. You know, uh, gosh, I, I, I don't know how many times I told somebody when I meet with someone like with a sponsee and something just comes out like stuff comes out when we're talking here. I'm like, it's like I'm sitting on the couch watching HP TV, higher power TV. <laughs> and me and the, the guy sitting there watching TV, we're not directing it or producing it or writing anything. We're both watching it. And I feel that same way at these things when y'all come out with something or I come out with something. And it's just, I mean, gosh, we don't have that kind of knowledge and intelligence. That's that's coming from that inner spirit that uh, that we're talking about. You know, it really is. So, good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. All good stuff. Well, y'all have a good week. And uh, if I don't see you between now and then, I'll see you next Thursday. Yep. take care. We'll see you soon. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email shared google recovery calendars hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week
0: thank you for listening to the Tao of our understanding recovery
1: podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends in recovery